1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
0: TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast with your hosts Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians.
1: Welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige DeMacos and Jake Arians today. No Jamie Eisner. He's got some, uh, he's he's on the DL today. Uh, no, no Jamie. So we're, we're without our our main dude. So, uh, gonna be, gonna be like the old days where it was just me and Jake doing the podcast back to, back to the old fan rag days, uh, here on the podcast. Yeah, no analytics,
0: just me, uh, talking football, but that's all right.
1: (laughs) There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we hope he feels better. We're also we're going to leave this podcast today uh, talking about uh, a challenge that has been made. I don't want to – challenge is the right word. Uh, for a discussion that's going to happen – Explain
0: between- yourself is better than, than a challenge, <laughs> but if you want to talk it, I'm happy to talk it. We can challenge it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, Explain Yourself. J.C. Cornell, CEO of the Draft Network, uh, going to talk in uh, Tampa Bay Bucks fanboy, going to talk with Jake Arians about the offense and some comments that were made over the weekend on social media. So that will happen when JC actually has a voice and does not have the flu. Uh, but we will talk about that a little bit at the end of this podcast. But Jake, let's let's start off with some headlines here. And the first headline we're going to get into is it is the mid-season point of the NFL, right? We're heading into week 10. We're, we're past the mid-season. There's been obviously tons of conversation around MVP. I think it's Russell Wilson. Um, yeah, I think you, that's
0: hard to argue at this point. As good as McCaffrey and some other people have been, 22 touchdowns to one interception. You take him away from that team is how I like to look at the MVP. They, they're terrible.
1: That's exactly right. And I, he, I,
0: he just makes them go. I mean, the offensive line, eh. Running game's pretty good. Receivers, they don't have a true one. Tight ends on their third. Defense is well below average and terrible for, for their standards. But they're 7-2 and two and one of the top four best teams in the league because of him. So I, I, I don't think there's any question about the MVP.
1: I think that's the way I look at it, right? The the elevation that he brings to that entire team, right? It's, you know, there are many teams you could take a player off of and the team will obviously be significantly worse. But I think he's the one that I look at and go – that team is a train wreck without Russell Wilson, not close to where they are right now in contention uh, for the best team in the NFC. That is obviously the superior conference this year. Uh, (laughs) Way, way, way better teams sitting in the NFC than there are in the AFC this year. Uh, but let's talk about the best team in the NFL, right? Because statistically, right right now, you have the New England Patriots, uh, who've only lost one game. We talked about that game on the last podcast on Sunday Night Football. And then you have the undefeated, the only undefeated team left in the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC, who sit to match up with that Seattle team for the first time this week on Monday night football, which I know you, both of us are really, really, yeah, that's going to, that's going
0: to be fun. That's an exciting matchup. Um,
1: What's the best in your mind right now, who is the best team, not the best record, but who is the best team with the eye test right now in the NFL?
0: I think the new Orleans saints, I mean, you go five and zero with your backup quarterback and rally and figure out ways to win. And Kamara didn't play was hurt for some of that stretch. Their defense is number one against the run. Lattimore's is playing like a true shutdown corner. Patrick Peterson in his prime type. I mean, like, you're not getting more than 60. You know, four or five for 60 on that dude. If And that's a good day. Um, Drew Brees back. Sean Payton, that combination, coming off a of bye now. Perfect timing for that. Camara should be healthy. Latavius Murray was great in his absence. I think they can lean on him a little bit more and go back to that. Ingram Kamara, which they've had the last couple of years, with that, that makes Camara a little bit better, in my opinion. Michael Thomas, star uh cook hasn't done much but he should be healthy now coming off the bye i just i don't think i don't think they're a good matchup for anybody san francisco against new orleans if you're talking about playoffs right now san francisco wants to run it a lot number one against the run uh they i love the trade for emmanuel sanders that helps but if you got Lattimore covering him and you can double kittle i I don't like san francisco's uh, up the ability for them to put up 20 uh, now, their defense is legit. I talk about it all the time. They got six guys, four you know, four play at a time, but they're rushing four. They have six guys to rotate in there. They're going to all rush the passer. But you can run it on them, and you can play action on them. And I like Drew Brees and, and Sean Payton enough to be able to outscore them if there was a playoff game right now. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see where it's played. Uh, if New Orleans gets number one seed, i like them to get to the Super Bowl. I, I just think they're the most complete team all the way around. The Patriots and the AFC, Yes. But they have serious deficiencies and they played nobody. Their one opponent beat the brakes off of them. And yes, I hear all about there'll be adjustments when they play the second time and all that. I'll give you that. But it'll be interesting to see their next four or five games, how many more games they lose and how they look. Because you can't be that good when your quarterback is completely immobile and your left tackle is that bad. So, I mean, in my opinion, I like what San Francisco is doing, but I think they're a step down from the Saints. I think the Saints are the most complete and best team in the NFL right now.
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of teams in the NFL in the NFC that I like better than the Patriots. Right? It's just unfortunate they're not maybe have four to or five. Address. Yeah, I mean, it's just, minus
0: the yeah. Kirk Cousins thing we talk about every week, I still love the Vikings.
1: Yep, they're a matchup yep.
0: nightmare for everybody. Absolutely. Um, and
1: it, the Packers, with the exception of this past week, if anybody has to go into Lambo and play that football team, yeah, because not many Dodgers, people
0: have. They don't have Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa rushing the passer.
1: Yeah. That's and we'll, exactly. and we'll,
0: we'll talk about that when we preview Thursday night's game. But, like, that defense getting Der- Derwin James back at some point, when those two guys are healthy, that's the recipe to beat anybody. But not many people put two pass rushers on the field like that.
1: No, not so, many people do. And I think I, – I'm glad you brought up the Saints because I think the Saints are the least talked about team that is as good as they are right now. And I think it's because Drew Brees sat out for such a long time, right, but th- I think that's even more of an indication that they are the best team because they have been without their best player, their, their Hall of Fame, Super Bowl winning NFL starting quarterback, and did not, not only did, did they not lose any game, like they didn't go 500, they went undefeated. They went 5 0, win
0: in Seattle, home against Dallas. I mean, they played some good teams in that yes, stretch. Teddy Bridgewater was solid, but he wasn't spectacular. He wasn't Drew Brees, and they found ways to get it done. Like That defense is completely overrated, and if they get the number one seed in the NFC and you got to go to New Orleans, that, it's hard. They get, that is a significant home-field advantage. Now, if they got to go to San Francisco, I just talked about that. I still like their chances. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I like the Vikings in the NFC. I like the 49ers in the NFC. I like the Seahawks in the NFC. I love the Saints.
1: Yeah, the Carolina
0: Panthers are a matchup nightmare for anybody if they get in. I mean, they're not easy to play against. They have them. They're leading the NFL in sacks right now.
1: No, there. These are all teams. The NFC is going to be really, really interesting to pay attention to down the stretch. And I think the biggest differentiator when I'm talking about who I believe will be there at the end is I still don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't. I know that he's won. I know that he. He's he showed me a his, lot the
0: other night on Thursday night prime he time. Did. Like he won that game for them, but you're right. I mean, he hasn't done that much.
1: No, he, he won a game against an Arizona Cardinals defense. That is okay. Is averaging but, 300
0: yards a game to opposing teams, quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, the team we didn't talk about too is the Cowboys and everybody's going to point to that jets loss, but them being healthy with Vander Esch back, they're a matchup nightmare for anybody. They can go on the road with the way they play and hit San Francisco in the mouth and run it down their throat. I mean, they're, but they're they're dependent on Dak playing well, right? I just I all of that being talked about, I still think the Saints are the best team.
1: Yeah, the 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 every team we've talked about, I like all of them, right? There's things that I like about every team. When I am going, the differentiator in the playoffs in these moments is the quarterback. And when you have the quarterback on that football team that is, and I mean significantly better than the guy on the other side. Right, where I'm talking about if I'm matching up San Francisco and I'm matching up New Orleans, and we'll just put it on a neutral field right now. Jimmy Garoppolo ain't in the same conversation as Drew Brees. Okay, no. I'm not saying you can't get there, but right now, as it stands, you're talking about a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, versus a guy we've seen start less than an entire full season in the NFL. With the it's coach that did
0: it. And you know how big I am on coach quarterbacks with history and success. You're talking Belichick and Brady, you're talking about Brees and Peyton. I mean, that's the pinnacle right there. There's two other teams I want to throw out there, Paige, that are in the conversation that I think are interesting. The Kansas City defense has played really good the last three weeks against some pretty good opponents. Mahomes comes back. Sammy Watkins looking healthy again. Tyreek Hill back. Damian Williams starting to run like we thought he would early in the year. They are interesting. If that offensive line can get healthy, they're interesting. Because now you're talking about you got to put up 31 to 34 to beat them. They're interesting. The other team that I think is really interesting And we'll talk about it again when we preview tomorrow night. The Los Angeles Chargers sneakily getting healthy with their left tackle coming back. They fired the offensive coordinator. And one point I want to make here when we talk about them is when you fire an offensive coordinator, that usually means the head coach is getting fired. You're not normally firing the offensive coordinator of a Phillip Rivers-led team. Very interesting. And I think the biggest thing with them that was missing was Melvin Gordon. Eckler was great from a fantasy point of view, but I think we missed the football part of it when they don't be, they can't run it between the tackles. Eckler's not Gordon. He's a great accent to Gordon, but when they have Gordon and they can run it between the tackles, and they can play action off of that. Now Mike Williams has a little bit more separation down the field. Keenan Allen's open a little bit more underneath. Hunter Henry's had been really solid. And when you get the left tackle back, who's played a little bit, he's now going to be in Derwin James coming back on this defense when Bosa and Ingram are healthy. They are really interesting. They were my Super Bowl pick going in, and they gave us no reason at all for a month to believe in them at all. But that performance Sunday against the Packers made me think, if they get healthy, there's. and we talked to you Let off the show, we're halfway through, which makes us go, oh, my God, we're halfway through, which means we don't really know a lot. There's eight more games. There's a lot of football left to play. The the Chargers and the Chiefs are going to be really interesting in the AFC coming down the stretch, and I guess we can't really have this conversation without talking about the Baltimore Ravens. They've been spectacular they got to get healthy on defense. That secondary is finally getting healthy. But they can run it on everybody. And if Lamar plays like he did the other night against Brady, they're going to be in it with everybody too because they can take that show on the road.
1: Yes, Yes, they can. They can 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 take take that that show show on the 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 road. road. And they have one of the best players. And they have one of the best coaches, right? So you're talking about when you you have the coaching staff and the caliber that they do to go on the road and win a football game to have a good home field advantage – right? We got to look at some of the schedules for some of these teams. I think, yes, we're halfway through, but we have halfway left. That's the way I look at it. We've learned a lot, but we have a lot yet to learn. And yes, the San Francisco 49ers might have been the best team in the first half. Guess what? I would much rather be the hot team in the second half going into the postseason than the team that looked great coming into the season, and then fizzled out as we went along. Go right? back and, and has- look
0: at the November records of the most successful franchises from the last 10 years. They're all 3-1, and 4-0 and oh every November. And they're starting to build it up and get hot going into December, which leads you into playoff football. It's the second half that matters. And we forget about injuries. Everything in the NFL is, what have you done for me lately? Week to week, day to day, break the news. Who was hot? Who had a big week this way? And you forget about guys that are vital pieces to what you want to do that may have been on IR early or missed the first half of the season, or played the first two weeks and went down and missed four, and they're coming back. There's it's, teams that are going to get healthy, and then the schedule changes up. You know, it's, uh, it's really interesting. You, we look at, okay, you are what your record says you are. That's true. Just, any win in the NFL is a good win. But they're not all created equal. Like, the Buffalo yeah. Bills have had an extremely easy schedule. We'll see how they finish.
1: That's, and and they're, they're not all created equal, which is why I looked at that list of quarterbacks, like I said, that have played against the New England Patriots and said, yeah, that's nice, but like you haven't played anybody. You haven't played anybody. And the second you played, oh by the way, a lot of people who are critici- who have criticized Lamar Jackson. It's not like they played Aaron Rodgers and they got beat up. They paid a a second year quarterback who's taken a lot of criticism and got lit up. Got them thirty seven points. That's yes. exactly right. That was so, my tweet.
0: Was that the, the greatest defense ever? The worst schedule ever? How do you win the Super Bowl and have that schedule?
1: nobody's the greatest defense ever after eight weeks in the NFL. Exactly
0: my point. There's a lot of football left to be played. You don't start comparing them to the 2000 Ravens and 85 Bears.
1: No, they, no. Their you.
0: defense is as good as it's been since the early 2000s. I've been, I've been on the record of saying that. They're going to be a really tough matchup for anybody. But you yeah. can run it on them. I've been saying that for three or four weeks.
1: And, it and they ain't, they ain't those it.
0: guys. They ain't those guys. No.
1: No. if you if you want to see the angriest version of Paige Demacos, please compare the what I've seen from the New England Patriots defense to the eighty five Bears. Go ahead. See what happens because you will see the angriest version of me that exists on planet Earth if you put I mean, those two defenses in the same way. Yeah, you start sentence. talking
0: about the eighty five Bears, the two thousand Ravens, the two thousand eight Steelers, those are Super Bowl winning teams that did it for the entire season into the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. Like, don't don't get at me with, with eight games, with eight to go, and you've played nobody. Like, yeah. nobody. Lamar yeah. Jackson put up 37 on you and blew that 7.6 average out the window.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens as we continue down the stretch. You know, it is,
0: it is interesting, though, while we talk about this, because i to cut you off. Like, the best team, we were talking, all these teams in the NFC, and there's the Patriots. It's interesting, a couple weeks later, now you're talking – you're talking Patriots, you're talking Ravens, you're talking Chiefs again with Mahomes getting healthy, you're talking maybe the Chargers sneak in there. If the Raiders beat the Chargers, they're 5-4, and four, they're solid, they're playing really good football. Like, it's not as bad as we thought. And The Texans could get hot, they're up and down, but then you got those four or five teams in the NFC. Like, it's nice that if the Chargers can make a run, the Chiefs can get healthy, that you got four really good teams in the, in the AFC that it's not just going to be a Baltimore-Kansas City rematch
1: no it's not just going to be a rematch and that that that's because there's a lot of really really good teams in the nfl and i hope we i hope we get as much parity down the stretch as we have right now. The next thing I want to talk about here headline-wise is whether or not Antonio Brown comes back to the the NFL this year. And that's because we've reached the point and and the team he's been linked to is the Philadelphia Eagles because they're without Deshaun Jackson now moving forward. And teams are a little bit more willing to take on the risk when they need, when they're in a position of need, right? And and Jake, I want to ask you, do you think Antonio Brown plays in the NFL again this year?
0: I do. Uh, It pains me to say that. But it is a, what what have you done for me lately? And he's too good not to be playing somewhere. Somebody's going to take a chance. He was linked to the Seahawks last week before they got Gordon off waivers. Uh, He's being linked to Philly now with Deshaun Jackson out for the year. That makes sense to me. That's a very solid locker room, uh, solid leadership in that locker room. It's not a place where he's going to be able to go wreak. He's not going to be able to go wreak havoc anywhere he goes. I mean, this is, and before he does it, he needs to actually be contrite, have a real apology Humble the hell out of himself. Quit tweeting your bank account and all this stupid BS that's gone on. If that's the case, then no, he's not. But if he wants to humble himself and he's too good to finish his career this way, he's got too much good football left. He gets with the right situation. He plays three or four more years and he's the piece that could put a team like Philly with Carson Wentz right back in the conversation that NFC, with their secondary getting healthy. So yes, I do think he plays again. Philly makes some sense. Um, But It wouldn't surprise me at all if he finishes and plays six games with somebody.
1: Yeah, I think there teams become more willing to take on the headache when you all of a sudden have a position of need, right? And you see your opportunity to make the postseason, and you see, hey, I need to make sure that we are able to get what we need and have a guy who's going to be able to make this team better. And the reality is... As big of a pain in the ass as Antonio Brown is, he's still arguably the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. The guy was. has a lot I don't of think football.
0: he's what he was the last couple of years. He looked slower to me last year, but he's damn sure top 12, top yes. 10. He's a huge addition to anybody. You know, the other team that's very interesting to me is the San Francisco 49ers. You paired Not him with his old, old teammate, Emmanuel Sanders, but Kyle, Kyle Shanahan's no pushover. John Lynch is damn sure no pushover. But in the San Francisco with their history, with Lonnie, Ronnie Lott around and Jerry Rice around, you're not going to embarrass that franchise. You'll be out the door in two seconds, too. That's one that I could see maybe having discussions. you talking about A.B., Emmanuel Sanders, Kittle, with that healthy back, backfield with those three guys?
1: Good Lord. All, all of a sudden, that San Francisco – Jimmy G 49. ain't got to be
0: that good. You start throwing bubble screens, and I, like, that's a whole different way to defend them. And then you give Kyle Shanahan, you can't load the box against that run game? That wow. one's interesting. That one's um, interesting.
1: Um, that one is very interesting. I think Philadelphia and San Francisco make the most sense, right? And I, I think they're –
0: Because you're not talking about a $15 million contract anymore. That that no. Those days are done. You're talking about like, okay, we'll give you three for the rest of the season. You could earn five with, yeah, with incentives, and we'll talk about it again. We have an option for next year kind of thing.
1: Yeah, He's, he's not going to have a choice but to sign it. No, he's 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 not in a position. He's not in a position to to have any negotiation right now, right? He's out. He's on the outside looking in. He wants to make money. We all know you can tweet about your bank account and all this, but we all know you have checks you haven't paid. Ab, you have things you haven't signed. You you we know ab a, wants to make more money, and he can. And he honestly, if he can come in, he should and prove himself he and first ballot Hall of Famer. Should. But
0: he needs to play a few more years to get to that superstar elite. All-time top 10 list. Uh, you know, a couple other ones are interesting. Pages the Cowboys, with all this talk about the Eagles, he could almost go there and play in the slot and take Randall Cobb's place, which would be crazy to think about A.B. in the slot. Uh, I don't think that'll happen, but that's an interesting one. The other one is the Saints. If you put him on the other side of Michael Thomas with that team, with that leadership with Peyton and Drew Brees, wow. Good night. With Rich <laughs> Kamara, like, like that night. one – <laughs> that one almost jumps to the top, and you know we're talking about teams that you shouldn't have a salary cap issue because he's not demanding. He's not. He can't demand fifteen million dollars a year. He can't demand ten.
1: No, he can't demand shit right now.
0: Like, <laughs> exactly.
1: You, you, you need to take your
0: ass on on freaking out in the in the driveway with tears in your eyes with an apology. Say I got some meds. I'm fixed. I want to go play football again.
1: That's exactly right, and I think the Saints become really interesting because it's not necessarily a position of need because they do have a great wide receiver, obviously in Michael Thomas, but they don't have a lot. They don't have have a lot on the other side of that. Yes, correct. They don't have a lot uh, uh, to the other side of him, and this they know this window right with Drew Brees is is closing right like they they know they've got a couple years here but this is the first time you know drew Brees was gone for a couple of games it's a reminder that he's getting older this isn't gonna last forever and they know they have a good opportunity here and if i trust anybody to try and kind of fix it right there's not not a lot of coaches in the nfl i'd say hey I trust them to try to try this. Right. And I know that if they, if it's not working, they're just going to go, okay, let's move along. Sean Payton's one of those guys. I I think between him and Drew Brees, they could have a conversation. They could try to get the best version of Antonio Brown out of him. And they'll feel fine moving along if he, if he creates issues. Right. And they will just say, okay, let's cut our losses and let's move along. But I do think he's back in the NFL, and I do think he's back this season. Uh, because I got I one other one for you. We also don't team. know about
0: some of these investigations that were going on. All that stuff got dropped yes. when he got cut. So the, the media, we don't know about all that. One other really interesting one is the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Okay. With
0: his cousin, Hollywood Brown. Mm. They, need, re, they need receiver help. Now, you got Willie Sneed. They signed to an extension. But that could be really interesting, too. Uh, just an extra piece to throw out there. I don't know if that would happen, but if you're a Steelers fan, oh, God, that'd be the worst thing ever. But that, that one's like outside the box, and you're looking going, really good leadership, really good head coach, strong head coach, no pushover, locker room, going to have to go fit in, but you'd be excited to go, okay, I'm now a Raven when you're Antonio Brown. That one's interesting, too. There, there's some decent landing spots for him. I do think he plays at least six games this year.
1: That's a really, really good one, especially with the link to his cousin. Right, they're actually pretty close. From from on the outside looking in, they, it seems they have a pretty good relationship. So that might be a good opportunity for him to to take advantage of. Hey, this is a good good shot for me. You know you can rally around that revenge and that pettiness that is, hey, you want to go take it to the Steelers. This is in the division. This will mean more to you. That stuff matters to him. Right? It's another
0: and, and place I, like San Francisco where Ray Lewis is around, Ed Reed's around. Like You're not getting away with that stuff because no. they're, they're still part of the team. And those dudes ain't letting that fly. Even though they're long gone, they're Hall of Famers, they play, like, they're they around. Like, don't no, think you're going to be on the sidelines jacking around as a receiver in San Francisco and not hear from Jerry Rice.
1: Uh, I don't think you're not gonna have Ed Reed in your face, and uh, I've stood next to Ed Reed. Uh, AB, you want none of that. You want none, now, of, a. B. That smoke. He none of that. AB knows Ed Reed very
0: well. He wants none of that. I promise
1: you. <laughs> you want none of that smoke. Tell, just let me tell you that right now. All right, the last headline we want to get into here is Jake. You actually had the uh the ability to go to the NFL because the Bucks played there not that long ago, and you had a a really good experience. You talked about it on the podcast. And the NFL in London is something we've discussed at length about whether or not there will be a team in. In the NFL in London, full time, and I'm in agreement with you. I think it happens because there's a lot of money to be made, right? And we know how the NFL is. If there's a lot of money on the table, there's going to be a push to make this happen. And the latest team to be linked there is the LA Chargers, to which Dean Spanos had a lot of words that I'm not going to use on this podcast. But the answer was no, right? The he LA Chargers. En- are let's not- just say
0: he emphatically shot that down, right? Yeah. He's- um-
1: that was a big fat no, and he wanted to make that sh- very clear. Now, the obviously the thought process around that is they have no home field advantage. L.A. is not a market that the Chargers are actually going to, I think, ever dominate because or have. A no, they in. make sense.
0: They, that San one San Diego
1: it, and L.A. battle each other, and then they moved a team from San Diego to L.A. and now they. Not only that, I mean Stan
0: Kroenke owned the land Hollywood Park was on, bulldozed Hollywood Park to build the stadium which he owns right? The the, the Chargers yeah. are going to pay them rent to play there. It's not the same thing as the Meadowlands where the Jets and the Giants share that and the state of New Jersey owns it. Uh, this is a very different situation. They make sense from that point of view that there's a lot more money from ownership to be made going to London. I don't think it's going to be that team. But now that I've been over there and seen the excitement and seen the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium that they built in conjunction with the NFL, hearing that 15 miles away they're going to build a true NFL-type training facility and the new collective bargaining agreement talking about going to a 17-game regular season, I've seen reports that there'll be an eight-game rotation in London until we actually have a team that moves over there. But I think, it's, well, I, I, think I said within five to eight years, I might have said three to five years on the, on the podcast earlier when I got back. I think it's five to eight. I don't think there's any doubt there's a team over there. There's too much money. There's too much excitement. It's too big of a media market. Do you think of London as basically the hub or capital of Europe when it comes to that stuff? Giant fan base in Germany, and you can't really go any farther east than London. But if you put a team in London, you got all of Europe's support for that team. And there's a ton of support for football over there. You now have facilities. Now, you've got to figure out the logistics of the offseason. Scouting, combine, senior bowl, free agency. You're bringing draft picks into the facility, and there's like 30 a year. And you're talking 20 free agents, 20 to 30 free agents that you're taking a visit. You're not flying them over the pond. And your scouts are going to have to be over here doing all that stuff. So the offseason logistically, you almost have to have two home bases. I think somebody's going to be able to figure that out. I still think it's the Jaguars, but I don't think there's any doubt that the NFL moves over there. And I don't think a team ever moves to Mexico, but another thing is internationally, Mexico football is gigantic in Mexico. Steelers and Cowboys are huge, huge in Mexico. You're talking about millions of fans there, too, and I don't think there's ever a team going to be in Mexico City or anything like that, but there's going to be a game played down there every year. And maybe more than that. I maybe mean, the NFL doesn't have a choice but to follow the NBA's path of getting as diverse and worldwide as they can. They don't have the ability to just go everywhere. But I, I, there's just too much money to be made. The owners run the league. The owners love money. So I think yes. it's a matter of time.
1: The bottom line is what matters, and the bottom line is money, and they can make a lot of it going to London, and there's a lot of fans there. They have the stadium there. Uh, I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I think it's actually that five-year window that Jake's talking about. I could see it happening, I think, three to five. They'll figure it out, right? If if they want to figure it out, and you have to – the media market thing matters, right? Because you're talking about specifically Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a tiny market. Okay, the TV deal that the team gets is not str- like the, the, the sponsorship peanuts the dollar. Amounts, compared to London, nothing.
0: peanuts compared London to London
1: London is New York City, guys. Okay, it's like on adding another team to New-, yes. New New York, but bigger. Okay, more people, more visibility, more. You, you're talking about all of Europe. Jacksonville okay? doesn't
0: sell out their home games, and you're talking about 30 second sellouts for the entire season, for season, for seasons on end. And, and yeah, it's gonna be weird, but who cares? We're talking about owners that are making that money. And now London has something to be proud of because it's the London whatever they're going to be. I, I don't. I just think I don't think there's any doubt that we're we're heading that way.
1: Yeah, I don't want to hear about weird when I have to watch a football team play in a soccer stadium in L.A. And uh, yeah, that's that's our yeah, yeah, we're already, you're talking we're about, we're about what the Chargers
0: weird. are already doing.
1: Yeah, we're it we're makes sense. That.
0: But the owner yeah. X made that one. Like he he put a no. He put a, yeah. he put a squash on that.
1: Yeah. Homie wants to stay in LA. I get it. I get it, Dean. We're all, it's all, it's all good. Dude, that was a, that was a big fat no that came out of his mouth on that. All right, Jake, let's get through a couple of waiver uh, guys here on Wednesday. The first guy we're going to talk about here, both two running backs, right? I'm going to talk about both these guys together. And that is guy, one guy in his second year who you talked about a lot, cause you know, the situation in Tampa Bay and Ronald Jones, and then Devin Singletary, who obviously dealt with a little bit of an injury coming back, getting more of the touches, same with Ronald Jones, what is your level of confidence in either one of those guys moving forward?
0: I think both of them have to be in your plans if they're available as pieces. They both have the same situation where Peyton Barber is going to take some carries. Dari Agungabalaway is going to be taking some catches. But I think Rojo is going to be more involved in the passing game moving forward. Uh, but Dari's is still in there on third down. So he's getting, he's, you know, he's in that 13 to 15 point range every week. If he gets in a touchdown, it's a good week for him. Now, Singletary is going to be having Frank Gore still in the picture. He's still going to take some carries away, but Singletary has shown to be more explosive, better in the passing game. Uh, I'd like his upside maybe a little bit more than Rojo. I like the player more in Rojo. I just thought there's too many, still too many cooks in the kitchen. Even though Rojo is now the starter, and I think he's going to get more. Now, if he gets hot early, say this weekend, I, I love the matchup against the Cardinals. Um, and I like them both. I think both are, are plans of one or the other available in your league. I think you absolutely have to look at. It. I'm looking at Singletary and, and one of mine right now. He's three really good matchups in a row. I'm just a little bit worried about how much Gore is going to play.
1: Yeah, I like Ronald Jones a lot this week. I like I like both of them moving forward. They're guys that you're thinking about in a flex position. Uh, and Ronald Jones is definitely a guy I like this week running up against that Arizona Cardinals defense. And finally, the Bucks getting some home games here coming up because they've been on the craziest road a, schedule ever. A lot. Yeah, it's uh, the NFL did Bruce Arians and no favors in year one. That is for sure. Uh, Devonte Parker now with he, he's already kind of been reaching this list um, on a week to week basis anyways, because of Ryan Fitzpatrick and there is fantasy points to be had. But now with Preston Williams injury, him being out for the rest of the season, Devontae Parker's going to see even more, Jake. So what is your level of confidence with him moving forward? Well,
0: Jamie's talked about it since the preseason. Somebody in Miami has to be significant, right? And there's been different guys. I go back to what I said a few weeks ago with Brian Flores. is like Devontae Parker's a piece of this franchise moving forward. I love what he's doing. He's been getting in the end zone a lot. I think his target share even goes up more now. He's available in one of my leagues. There's another guy I was looking at. Um, if he's available in your league, and it's a 12 or 14-man league, snatch him up in a heartbeat. He's going to be solid if he gets an end zone, which he's done a lot. Seems to have uh, chemistry with Fitzpatrick, and the coaching staff likes him. He's been healthy. He's catching more balls this year. His drops are way down. Uh, I like him. I think that's another one you absolutely have to look at it for this stretch run coming down the fantasy uh, second half.
1: Yeah, and I know that Miami likes him a lot because I know there were a couple offers uh, on the table for Devontae Parker, and the Miami Dolphins said no right? And and he was one of the guys that they want to have moving forward. Um, and considering the fire sale that they've had, it says a lot about what they think about Devonte Parker. Right. It wasn't just lip service and him.
0: conjecture from Flores. Hey, he meant it,
1: yeah, which, which meant I like it. coming
0: down the stretch. I mean, he, they want him to be a piece of that.
1: Absolutely. All right. The last guy here we're going to talk about is a guy that had a lot of potential. We were very excited about him last year coming out and dealt with an injury, another injury oh. again, and that's Darius Geis, right? So on a bad football team, dealt with multiple injuries now. Jake, are you taking a flyer on him in in thinking that he might come back and have some value?
0: No, I'm not. I, I go back to what I've said. All these guys on ACLs, I'm worried about him getting hurt again, and he's still not the same. He, ACL, I loved him coming out of college. I love the player. I love the ability. Next year, I'm going to like him. This year, coming off that ACL, I think he's very much in danger of getting hurt again when he comes back. Adrian Peterson, the ageless wonder, has gone for 100 the last two weeks. Against a really good Buffalo defense last week, new head coach who's given it to AD. Uh, I'm not sure how much Geis is going to get in unless, unless AD gets hurt again. And he tends to battle through everything. I, I, I don't know. I I, I, I buyer beware on that one. I mean, if you're super hurting, go ahead. But I don't know what the work share is going to be like when Adrian Peterson's already running for a hundred a week
1: yeah, on, a, on a horrible
0: team with a horrific quarterback play right now.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine that he's going to have, uh, just from a football perspective, right? It doesn't, they're not winning anything this year. So I think he's going to have limited touches because of the injuries he's suffered. They got to be imagine. careful with him. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. It is not a smart football decision to put him in there and risk him being re injured for next season when you have nothing going for him.
0: He's a first schedule. round pick that you've got nothing out of and a lot of money invested in at this point. You got to be really careful coming down the stretch with him. Adrian Peterson, you've got nothing. Ode moving forward, you can ride him all, all you want. And he damn wants it. that. So and I think he's done be really a damn good care. job. The, the other three guys, I think, on anybody's situation fantasy-wise, I mean, I'm 7-2 and two and 9-0 and oh in, in two of the bigger leagues, and I'm looking at all those guys. I mean, they they fit with what I'm trying to do coming down the stretch because you can't look at this one week. you got to look two, three, four weeks ahead. Those other three guys can help just about everybody's team, but they should be able to fit one way or another. I don't think – Geis is way too much of a flyer for me. I'm not that desperate in any of my teams
1: yeah it's about to start it's about to start uh talking even sniffing that fantasy postseason we're in week ten a lot of people start playoffs come week fourteen so start thinking about some of these guys that can be helpful for the next couple of weeks and and get you those wins that you can get yourself into the fantasy playoffs all right we're gonna end the podcast here Jake with previewing Thursday Night football we have a good one here uh two teams one the Raiders have been a much better football team uh than most people expected them to be and the Chargers although they've had They've been a disappointment, right, thus far. They have been better over the last few weeks. And I think the big key here is, and we've talked about it a little bit, they're getting healthy, right? They have had – this team, for whatever reason, I think the training facility needs to see what kind of water they're drinking because this team suffers more injuries than any other team in the NFL. I swear, over the last five years, in this window where we've looked at them as a championship-caliber team – They always have, and I mean stars, crucial players go down each and every year. And they are finally Hunter Henry back playing a big role for this team, as you've seen over the last few weeks. They're starting to get healthy. They're starting to get better. You have that that Ingram and Bosa pass rush that's playing and playing well. They put themselves in a position to win every game. If you saw what they did to Aaron Rodgers last week, they could do that to anybody, right? And that's that's what they have to do to continue to win, and this might be a team that gets hot down the stretch. One of the things I want to mention, Jake, before you pick this game is, Phillip Rivers leads the league in passing, which was a big surprise to me, because considering how this team hasn't played its best version of itself yet, right? And that's quietly, Phillip Rivers has had a pretty decent year passing, obviously leading the league, and now... This might be that stretch where Phillip kind of turns into the fantasy quarterback you want, and I really like this matchup for him against the Raiders. The Chargers are a a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. I'm putting quotes because they're on the road, but they're about a 45-minute flight away from each other. What do you see happening in this one, Jake? They're
0: on the road. I went to their home game against the Raiders last year, and it was 80% black and silver. So every game they play at home doesn't really matter other than you don't have to go get on a plane and travel. Um, look, I'm going to start with the Raiders' side. I love what they've done. I- I've said for weeks now they're they're significantly better than a year ago. They went from the oldest team to, like, top five youngest team. Josh Jacobs has been really good. They're running it great, which is allowing Carr to be very accurate. The play-action game is solid. Waller's been spectacular. When Tyrell Williams plays, he's, he's getting there. Um, their secondary was banged up. They were, they were really good in the opener against, against the Broncos on Monday Night Football. Safety uh, Abrams from Mississippi State goes out. He's on IR for the year. Gary and Conley was their best DB. They traded him away. They've had other injuries. Uh, they are lacking back there. They played okay the other day, but Stafford really kind of ate them up last week. Now they still got that game. They won that, but Detroit can't run it at all. I think the Raiders hang in there because I think they can run it on anybody. But this is a different Chargers team with Bosa and Ingram. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a bunch of stuff out here for this Chargers team. Why they why I like them coming down the stretch. Phillip Rivers leading the NFL in passing. Hasn't done a lot of touchdowns yet. That's going to change. Hunter Henry, top five tight end. Allen, Mike Williams, allowing the the passing game to get going with the play-action game because Gordon is back. He's healthy. He's acclimated. They want to run it between the tackles, play-action, off of that. Eckler was really good in his absence, but he's not the same player. And then you have Eckler as a great third down piece, a great addition to throw in there and you know him and Rivers have chemistry. He's throwing it out of the backfield. He's looking at eight to ten targets a game as a running back. Spells Gordon when he needs to, but Gordon's really good out of the backfield catching it as well. All of that is awesome on offense. So you're to they're going to be putting up close to 30 a game when they get this thing going. Now, will you have Bosa and Ingram both healthy? Derwin James is going to come back. That doesn't matter tomorrow night, but he's going to come back to this defense down the stretch. Defense is playing better. Make Aaron Rodgers had nine yards of offense last week. Nine. Aaron Rodgers. Nine. Nine, they couldn't do anything. Their defensive game plan was spectacular, and those two guys crashed the end as good as anybody. And I don't like when Carr gets pressure. He hadn't been pressured that much because they've run it so good. But I don't think they're gonna. I, I don't think they can get it done. I don't think this is a good matchup for the Raiders. I think they're gonna hang in there. But I'm gonna go with the Chargers twenty-eight twenty-four. I don't know if you said what the line was, but
1: one and a half. So you got it. They, you got them covered. I,
0: I got the Chargers covered, and I got them twenty-eight twenty-four. I think is a really good, solid AFC West matchup. I like where the Raiders are heading. I like what they're building. I like what Mayock and Gruden are doing, but I don't think the matchup is there. And I think this Chargers team has done enough to hang in there. And I also say whoever wins this game is one game behind the Chiefs yes. in the AFC West,
1: and, and I they're both
0: right, they're hanging in there, right? They're, I mean, like,
1: they're, they're hanging in there. That's for, that's for sure. They're hanging in there, and I think they this have sustained the all those
0: injuries you talked about. By the way, they get their left tackle back, who was coming off blood clots, and they were worried how much he played. What's well, been two games now? So he's probably going to play the whole game. You're talking about Russell Okung is one of the best in the last decade. Solid left tackle. All of that stuff says: watch out for them in the second half. And you put that performance that you saw on Sunday against the Packers to the eye test and go, "Who? Wait a minute! Now that ain't the same team I've watched for five weeks. That lost one, was taken from them in Tennessee with a fumble, and then Chicago missed a field goal. They lose back to back. That ain't the same team that played those two weeks."
1: No, it's not the same team. And I I think this team, this is going to be a statement victory for the Chargers. They're going to get this victory in the division. They're going to make sure that everybody knows this team is still a really, really good football team. They just suffered a lot of injuries. The big stuff, everything Jake said, I echo. The big thing here is Melvin Gordon looks like Melvin Gordon again. And this team is elite. And I mean elite when they have the ability to play action off of Melvin Gordon running the football down anybody's throats right doesn't matter who they're playing when he plays at his best version of himself it opens so many opportunities you saw Mike Williams last week have his first 100 yard receiving game this year that's going to continue more Keenan Allen more Mike Williams more Hunter Henry more Melvin Gordon It, it when this team plays at its best man when they're fully healthy this is arguably one of the best rosters in the NFL. This is why we all picked them to go to the Super Bowl because they have a really, really talented roster. And I, I still – I know I said I was off the train and I didn't believe in them and whatever. I'm back on. I'm back on. Like I don't Like know how you can't that. be
0: after you watch that Packers performance. Yes, the Absolutely. Packers laid an egg and they overlooked them and whatever else.
1: Don't care. But they don't ran care.
0: into an absolute buzzsaw that just destroyed them. And you're talking about one of the hottest teams in the league in the Packers going in with Aaron Rodgers.
1: I don't. I, I don't buy into as much of the they overlooked them. It's still a football game in the NFL with professionals. This isn't college football. And it was a home game for the Packers.
0: They just had to get on a plane to go there.
1: That's exactly right. So if you guys I, haven't
0: I, experienced the StubHub Center or whatever the hell they call it now, uh, I think Dignity Health Center or whatever it is, go because it's not a home. It's not a home field advantage for the Chargers. It's at least fifty-fifty, yeah. and that's if they play the Bengals.
1: Yeah, they play the
0: Steelers, thing. the Cowboys, the Packers. The Niners, the Raiders, it's like 70, 30, the other team. And it only holds 30,000.
1: It's, not good. It, it it's is, not good.
0: It's a great venue to watch a game if you like being there with 30,000, not 80. But <laughs> other than that, it ain't a home field advantage for them.
1: No, that that is for sure. All right, Jake, any parting thoughts on today's pod? Yes,
0: yeah, since my boy JC couldn't uh, join us today, I'm going to give him the playbook. Okay, so I'm going to give everybody a little background here. Uh, JC, feel better, by the way. I'd love to, love to discuss this when you're ready. JC, after the, the Cardinals, excuse me, the Buccaneers go on the road to the Seahawks and put up 34 points that Byron left, which needed to have the play call and taken from him, and B.A. needed to call the plays. Now, while there's no bigger fan of my dad in the NFL and nobody that knows his career better than me, and nobody thinks he's one of the best play callers in the, in the world more than me, I highly disagree. I highly disagree with the tweet coming after that game specifically, and I wanted to know why. So my tweet back was, why exactly? So we decided we were going to come on the show and talk about it. And I'm going to give them the playbook. The Buccaneers just broke the franchise record for the most points scored ever through eight games. Ever. Last time I checked, the point of offense was the score. They're averaging 28 points a game. That's fifth in the NFL. Now, whether middle of the pack in some, some s- s- statistical categories, I don't really care about stats. The statistical categories all lead to scoring points. So they're running it more, and yes, they may be a little predictable on first and second down sometimes, but they're making a concerted effort to run the ball, which they didn't do in the past. That's one of the knocks on them. They're running it better. They're running it on everybody pretty well, and they're middle of the pack. I go back to two people that I trust the most when it comes to offense, and I was going to ask him if you know who Tom Moore is. Of course he's going to know, because everybody that follows football knows who Tom Moore is. Those of you that don't, Google him. He was Terry Bradshaw's quarterback, coach, and offense coordinator of the Steelers in the 70s. Scott Mitchell and Barry Sanders in the eighties and nineties moved on to be Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator for 15 years in Indianapolis was with my dad for five years as, as his right hand in in Arizona and is still there now. And you don't hear Tom Moore talk about guys with his eyes light up ever as the next young play caller. And he talks about Byron that way. My dad talks about him the same way. And while I think, yes, they may be better if he was calling the plays, I'm not going to say that Byron's better than VA yet. It was time for B.A. to step away and give it off to somebody. He's also looking over his shoulder and can over-trump him at any time he wants, change the play whenever he wants. He's involved in the game plan and everything that goes on. So I've seen all of these people start pointing to his biggest mistake was not calling the plays and giving it to Byron left which he wasn't ready. He's getting better. This season is all about this entire team getting better. Now, he wants to win every week, of course. But you can't tweet after they put up 34 points and Jameis has his best week of, of the year, best game of the year, on the road in Seattle. Take that team, who we just talked about is top four in the NFL, to overtime. And all it takes is the coin flip. Seattle got it and they won. If the Bucs get it, I think they go down and score and win because Seattle hadn't stopped them the whole game. So like, there's your playbook. If you want to come argue this with me, there's my argument. I, I'm not even looking up anything more statistical than that. But when you're talking about you just broke the franchise record for the most points scored through eight games, and I think you're going to be significantly better the second half of the year. Because any time in an offense, and it reminds me so much of my dad's first year in Arizona. Carson Palmer threw a lot of picks, and they were all over Carson. 60% weren't his fault. Receivers run it too deep. They run it too shallow. Nuances of Carson was in a West Coast offense, and now he's not in the terminology. It takes a while to get that going. Jameis has played really good at times this year. He's played bad in a couple games. Their schedule sets up better for him to play really good down the stretch. And that would be really interesting to see where this offense finishes down the stretch. The problem with this team is they have really young guys on defense. It's five rookies playing at one time this weekend. Playing with a team that's going to blitz. They're going to play man. They're going to do what they do. They've been lit up in the secondary. they got to play better there. they got to get more sacks. they got to get more turnovers. They've only got, I think, four interceptions or five on the year. That's got to change, and it will down the stretch. But you can't, after that game, as a Bucks fan, as an educated film watcher, tweet that that's what needs to happen, because it doesn't. So there's your playbook. Study up, and we'll talk about this later. There's my rant for the day.
1: <laughs> Study up, and uh, we'll get to it. I can't wait. It's going to be an awesome conversation between JC and Jake. Uh, As he said, uh, J.C., you're going to have to get in line because uh, although you might think you might be a bigger fan of Bruce, I I was here first, right? So you think you know how the offense and how things go. Uh, Trust me, I want him calling the plays just as much as anybody else. Uh, But Byron has deservedly so is in that position. And if you're not watching the whole football game, then you're obviously not seeing Bruce over his shoulder on multiple occasions talking to him about the offense. With, With his play sheet in hand. That's trust me. Listening to every call. Very exactly. Bruce is very involved. And the offense was not to blame for that loss. In fact, they did everything they needed to. I mean, I read an article yesterday
0: about how he needs to be the one in Jameis's ear screaming at him, and Jameis needs somebody to scream at him. He didn't scream at anybody. He didn't scream at Carson. He damn sure didn't scream at Ben because Ben didn't respond to that. He does what the player needs best to respond to. And don't think he's for a second he's not involved talking. But if you, want to, you, want to put the, you want to put the pieces together here. Byron played for my dad. He thought enough of him to make him the quarterback coach in Arizona his first year coaching. Then he became the Arizona play caller. They didn't want to leave because they thought that much of him. Clyde Christensen, the actual quarterback coach, was with Tom Moore and Peyton Manning for all of those years, was with my dad in Indy in 2012, goes all the way back to Temple with him. If you don't think this is the best situation for an offense and for a quarterback to be coached, I don't know what you're watching. It's going to get better. Attention. And yes, Jameis has turned it over too much, but you can't point at Byron for that.
1: No, that's not Byron's fault. And and trust me, for those who think that Bruce needs to yell, I have seen Bruce undress. Oh, he me.
0: yells. Look, he yells at the guys <laughs> that need to be yelled at. Your quarterback isn't always one of them. Go read the book.
1: Yeah, trust me. Uh, Bruce don't have a problem speaking his feelings to his players. As if you talk to any of his former players will say one of the their favorite things about him is that they always knew exactly where they stood because Bruce was always transparent with them. They always knew exactly what needed to happen and how to get better. Uh, we'll leave it at that. JC, can't wait to have you on the podcast to talk about it. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media?
0: And Trey, I'm still waiting on your butt too. So quit, quit dodging me. and Let's get that one going as well. Uh, Jake B. Arians on Twitter. I'm sure it'll be a very interesting week on my Twitter. Uh,
1: you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, listen, uh, you can't come, you can't come at us and expect that we're not going to fight back. So you want to, you want to have Twitter fingers, you better, you better put your money where your mouth is, Trevor. Uh, don't think we don't remember. So we'll, we'll, we, will, we will get both those guys on the podcast here soon enough. Uh, thank you for listening to the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies